So in the last couple months, I've been learning a new skill. So I'm not an expert at this. So don't expect expert pottery this morning. But I will try my best. You'll get it. It'll make sense. So many of you know I make jewelry normally. I usually use polymer clay. It's a totally different thing than this. It's a different kind of clay. You bake it in the oven, not a kiln. And you only bake it for like so long. This needs to go up to like 2,600 degrees Fahrenheit for it to melt and be pottery, like what we know as pottery. But this week, as well this week, I really struggled with what God wanted me to say about First Peter. I was like, I feel like it's very like straightforward. <laughs> I don't know if I have anything to add to this. Like, should I just get up and read it and be like, that's that's it, <laughs> call it a day? Obviously, I can't do that. <laughs> um, and so Friday night, Paul and I attended a retreat. Paul was in person and I was online. And we took this time to uh, just like work with clay with your hands, not on a wheel, but just to work. And I really felt God just say, just be you. <laughs> and I have a hard time with that. I have a hard time being just myself sometimes. Um, there's lots of things with that. I'm in therapy. It's all good. <laughs> but like just learning to be okay with who I am and who God created me to be is something that I've always kind of struggled with. I always felt like I was a little off or different or liked different things. And, but I'm coming to a point where I am who I am and that's okay. And God created me. And so this morning you're going to get full page <laughs> and who I am and, and, and how I think. And um, art is one of those things. So we're going to work through First Peter a little backwards. I'm just going to talk as I put my apron on to try and get clay not on me. That's not going to happen. Clay is messy, and that's good. <laughs> um, so this is clay. These are things that I've made. I don't have a kiln, so I can't fire them. So they just stay in this form. <laughs> um, this one was made on the wheel. Not perfect, but it is what it is. And, and it brought me joy making it. And that's what I think art is more. So this is clay. And with clay, there's a process called, there's a whole thing that you have to go through to get this to, to be able to be thrown. And so you have to do something called wedging. And wedging is the process of getting rid of the air uh, that's within the clay. When clay is made, it like, they put it through a big machine, basically. And um, as you use it, this is recycled clay that I've recycled myself. So I'll tell you what that means later. But is it functioning? <laughs> so we're going to work through First Peter a little backwards uh, first. So Paul's going to put the, this camera up here for all you guys in person so that you have to be able to see. Right? <laughs> so we're going to start at the end of First Peter, uh, and we're going to work our way forward. Um, so, like not the end of First Peter, chapter 1, but the beginning of chapter 2, where it says, Get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow in full experience of salvation. Can you see me? Oh, you can. Hello. 
Um, uh, cry out for this nourishment now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. So play comes in big boxes, big bricks. You can see one of them there. Sorry, Zoom, you can't. It's just a big block of clay. <laughs> and wedging is basically you, so this is just a tile that I've taped old fabric to because <laughs> that's what art people do, right, Bonnie? We, we come up with whatever solution we can, and um, this was free. Uh, so that was good. So wedging is when you take the clay and you are pushing the air. It's this constant motion. I'm not folding over to add impurities or add air, but I'm getting rid of the air. I'm pushing out the air, just like we are to get rid of the impurities. And it starts to kind of look like this, like, ram shape and then you roll it and you do it from another direction and so it's constant pressure constant turning over until there's no hair and then if i take my wire which is what you cut the clay with you can check to see that there's no air bubbles or pockets, now that I've just added air to it. <laughs> so it's a process of getting all of the impurities and the air out, because basically, once it's under the pressure of the kiln and under the heat of the kiln, it, your pottery will crack if you don't do that. Um, so. Just like us, <laughs> when we're under the pressures of life, but if we haven't taken that time to remove the impurities and to take time with the Lord and to be filled with the Spirit and to, um, what did it say here? Get rid of all evil behavior, be done with deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, unkind speech. If we're not craving pure spiritual milk, we'll crack under the pressure in a way. Our foundation is not pure of that air, just like clay. My notes are about to get real messy in a second. <laughs> so the next thing, when you're making pottery, this is the wheel. You can see it. We need added tools. This is my Cleaning sponge, not the same as my cleaning sponge, not the same as my shaping sponge or this little sponge. So there's lots of tools needed when it comes to pottery and throwing. A wheel is obviously one of them. But this is something, too, that if you wanted to get into pottery and wanted to just mess around and, and be creative, you can just get clay and just do it on your kitchen table with a rolling pin. Um, you don't need to be an expert. Sometimes it's fun just to be messy, <laughs> lose yourself in the, in the process. There's going to be this very annoying scraping sound every once in a while, and I'm sorry. I couldn't get rid of it. Um, so verse 13 says, So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. 
So you must live as obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own evil, your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scripture says you must be holy because I am holy. The next step in the clay process is centering. And I think that's kind of what Peter is saying here. To be obedient, you have to throw it down. Sorry if that scared you. Um, when you talk to a potter or anybody learning or whatever, anybody who's tried anything on the wheel, they'll say the hardest part is, is the centering. It, you, this kind of is dependent on a lot of things. If you don't center the clay properly, and I'll do it in a second. This isn't centering. This was just throwing the clay. Um, then everything down the line, the pulling and the, the shaping, all of that becomes very hard to do when it's not centered correctly. And so it takes a lot of pulling the clay up and pulling the clay down. Um, and I think that's kind of what, in verse 13 onward, Peter is saying here, to center ourselves and to be obedient children and to center ourselves around what God calls us to be, to not slip back. And of course, we, we mess up. And I'll show you what happens after. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we mess up. And sometimes we didn't quite center ourselves quite right, but God is gracious with us. And he takes us to a time where we can be recycled and be renewed. So um, in a few seconds, I'm going to get Helen to come read something. This is your warning. I said I would warn her. <laughs> um, and so this is uh, what Helen is going to read is from a book called Soul Care. The author's name is Rob Reimer. Reimer. I always say it wrong. I say it the English way. Um, he's American. And this book basically talks about a few steps of what it means to take care of your soul and to renew your soul and um, identity and value. And so if you want to come up, you can. While she's reading this, I'll be centering the clay if you want to watch. I couldn't do anything at this point. It takes a lot of my focus, so I think so. Is this mic on the ground good? So there's two sections that Helen's going to read. And uh, yeah, go ahead. Check, check. Good. Paul says that we are chosen in him. Read Ephesians 1 and look at who the Father says you are. The Father chose you in Christ before the foundation of the earth. It wasn't dependent upon what you did or who you are or what you have. The Father chose you in Christ to make you holy and blameless in his sight. You are adopted into the family of God. In the Roman Empire, the adopted child had the full privileges of a biological child and was also completely released from control of his biological parents. Adoption implies belonging and freedom. In him, you have been redeemed by his blood and your sins have been forgiven because God lavished his grace upon you. You are forgiven according to the riches of his grace not according to the poverty of your life. 
His grace is greater than your sin. His rich grace is infinitely greater than the poverty of your sin-stained soul. In him, you have been called for a purpose of eternal significance. You have received an inheritance from God, and you are God's inheritance, his lot. You have been included in Christ and marked with a seal as a family member when you received the promised Holy Spirit. This is who you are in Christ, and this is only the beginning of your identity, the foundation of your well-being. If you truly believe that you weren't carefully crafted, but accidentally thrust into being, then you will struggle with meaning and purpose. But if you believe that you are fearfully and wonderfully made by a loving creator in the image of God and redeemed by the Savior who counted you worthy of his very life, then your life will be rich with meaning, purpose, and passion. You will be motivated to love others and treat them with dignity and respect because they have inherent worth. They together with you bear the image of God and as image bearers, you matter to God. Good, thank you. Sorry, you missed it, I centered it. <laughs> when we center ourselves on the truth of where our value comes from, where identity comes from, it is then that we're motivated to love others. So often we say we need to go out and love the world. That's great, but we need to start inwards. We need to center ourselves. We need to love ourselves. We need to be, um, we need to recognize where that value and our identity comes from. Um, if you didn't know, I have a tattoo here. It says, my value was settled at the cross and it comes from this book. This book was life-changing for me. Um, so if, if you're struggling with identity and value, uh, it's a great book. I mean, it's not for everybody, but if you're interested in looking at it, you're more than welcome to look at it after. But we are all image bearers, all of us. God doesn't make mistakes. We are all image bearers, all of us. I might make mistakes, and I thought I was going to screw this up, and I didn't, so yes. Um, but the point I was going to make, that if I did screw it up, was I might make mistakes, but God doesn't in the creation. And so when we take the time to center ourselves and to focus on the Holy Spirit, to remove impurities and to wedge our souls, and then center ourselves, um, then we recognize what, where our value comes from and where our identity is. My notes aren't as messy as I thought. Yay. So the next part in the pottery making process is, is the thing called opening. And it's when you basically go to the center of your clay, if you can see it. So I will eventually start opening this up here. This is where I'll probably screw it up. Um, but opening is the process of basically making a hole in the center so that the walls of whatever structure or whatever pot or whatever vessel you are making um, has the ability to then you pull up the clay. So, um, I don't remember what verse this is. Verse 17. Verse 17 says, And remember that the Heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. 
He will judge and reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residents. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was with precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. God chose him as a ransom long before the world began, but now in these last days, he has revealed, um, he has been revealed for your sake. Because of Jesus, we have the opportunity to be cleansed. Because of the cross, we have the opportunity to be free. God chose Jesus as a ransom way before us. All you have to do is just open up. All you have to do is say, yeah, I, I want that gift. I want to be a part of that. I need that. I need saving. I'm going to open the clay up, hopefully. Water is a good tool for pottery. You did not know this. You're also not supposed to stop your wheel, so, but anyways, I did. Can you see there on the camera? So unlike clay, you don't want to go all the, all the way down. Otherwise, I'll have no bottom <laughs> of the vessel, so that's, that's a thing. But unlike our souls, we do need to go all the way down. We, we have to open up every bit of who we are and what's on in, going on inside. So I'm just checking to make sure here that I'm not too far down. So that is the first step of opening, and then you spread it out. takes time, takes patience. I'm not very good at that part. But just like our souls and our lives, we can't just expect us to be who we're supposed to be today. It takes time. We need to put the effort in. We need to make the moves. But we're not going to be changed and shaped immediately. There's this word in theology called justification versus sanctification. Justification is the moment that we are, we, we believe, basically. That's like the simplest. And then sanctification is the process, the journey of becoming new and shaped. It's kind of like this process. The pot is being sanctified, <laughs> changed, shaped. This last week at Alpha, the video uh, said something that has like always been on my mind and reminded uh, myself, and I had to remind myself, I don't have the best memory sometimes. Like I remember the weirdest things. Um, but this one really struck me this last week, and I've had countless conversations about it this last week about it, is that even if I was the only one, only one, Jesus still would have died on the cross. 
If I was the only one, God still would have died on the cross. And I, I don't remember the guy's name who runs Alpha. What's his name? That one. I can't hear you, but you, you're saying the words. <laughs> um, and he, he was talking about First Peter. He was talking about these verses that we're going through right now and saying that if you were the only one, Jesus would have still died on the cross. Our value does not come from what we do, but our value comes from the cross. I just think that's crazy. Think about the amount of times that we look at ourselves and we think, look at all these things that I do wrong. <laughs> There's no way Jesus would have died on the cross for me. Well, you're wrong. And I'm happy to tell you that. The next process in the clay journey when you're throwing is pulling. And so I want to read, I think this is at the beginning of, I forgot to write the number, so that's not helpful. And I don't really want to pull up it on the iPad because I'm kind of messy. But through Christ, you have come to trust in God. And you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart. So with the clay, we got rid of the air so that it doesn't crack under the pressure of the kiln. We centered it and we opened it. And now you pull. So basically you pull this part of the clay. See this? How there's kind of like, I don't know if you can see it on the camera, but there's like a little lip here. So that's where the clay is gathered on the side, and we pull it up. I'm not good at this part. <laughs> this, I know. Um, but this is where the work begins. And it's the same with us, right? Once we center ourselves, or once we get rid of the impurities and center ourselves and open ourselves up, that's when God begins to work. That's where God begins to change us and to shape us. Yeah, those processes in the beginning are shaping. Still, when it comes to our spiritual lives. And just like us now, we have placed our faith and hope in God. I assume you're all here at church. Uh, if you haven't, then, then let's have more conversations about that. But if you have, we are meant to love each other. No matter what, we are all image bearers. God makes no mistakes. Sometimes we fail at that, I think. I'm going to use my sponge on the side. Sorry, I am not left-handed, but I do everything else left-handed. Uh, so I don't know why. I was probably forced to be right-handed when I was a kid. But here we are. The work begins. So this takes a lot of concentration. Because <laughs> you don't want to make it too thin. Otherwise, it'll crack still too. So thankfully, we have a God that, that knows what he's doing. <laughs> it's, it's not me. <laughs> 
It's a God who knows what we need and He knows how to shape us. That's as far as I'm going to go because then I'm going to mess it up. (laughs) Sometimes we fail at just loving each other. When we are so filled with God's love, sometimes it just pours out of you, right? When you're taking that time to center yourself, when you're taking that time to get rid of impurities and, and repenting and asking for God to help you in that process, sometimes it's really hard for us to open up. And sometimes it's really hard to love people. <laughs> One thing that I think is important for us to do sometimes is to um, ask God, how, how do you see people? How, how, are, how do you love them when they're unlovable or hard to love? Not unlovable. Nobody's unlovable. Some people are hard to love. <laughs> and I think, right, as I'm saying that, you all probably have that one person in the back of your mind that, oh, that person's kind of hard for me to love. But when we take the time to open ourselves and to ask the Lord to use us as empty vessels, that's when it, it gets a little easier to love people. So I'm just going to take this off a little wet, so I'm probably going to accidentally bend it. I I, I centered it real good. (laughs) Nope, she wants to stay, so I'm going to let her stay for a minute. (laughs) We talked about little bit before about so I am moving camera over here you don't I don't need you anymore (laughs) Uh, I talked a little bit about um, can you see me if I go over here though yes okay good I can see you perfect this is my practice one I did earlier and it it doesn't look very good (laughs) Um, but there's this process with clay that I think God graciously gives us So at verse 23, it says, For you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the internal, eternal living word of God. As the scriptures scriptures say, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And what God, um, but with the word, uh, eh, eh, there we go. And that word is the good news that was preached to you. I think this is the coolest thing about clay, is that even when, so this is called the hard stage, like it's really, it's rock hard, very different than this. It's when air has taken to it and it, this is now ready to be kiln-fired, if I 
has the option to do that, but I don't. And so is this. This is hard. And this is called leather hard, so I can still take tools and shape it, and clay will come off in curls. You can't do that with this. It'll just crumble and powder. <laughs> but the, one of the coolest things with clay is, so this is the pot <laughs> that I practiced before everybody got here, so nobody had to look at me while doing it. <laughs> and it, it's now a ball of clay. And then now you start the whole process over again. So I think sometimes in life we think we're too far gone. We're too messy. We're too broken. There's no way that God will recover this broken soul. But Clay tells you otherwise. You're not too far gone. You're recoverable. And so then you just start the process over again. You can see like here, you can look real close. There's like an air pocket that just came out. You probably can't, it's fine. There's an air pocket <laughs> and it just came out. And that's the process of wedging. And even when we think, where'd my bucket go? Even when we think we're like really far gone, you add Holy Spirit water. And you can hear the water permeating. It's bubbling. And all of a sudden, you become soft again. <laughs> and eventually, so I couldn't have done that without the water. This piece is still. And as the water permeates, you become soft again. As the water, the Holy Spirit permeates us, we become soft again. Even when we think that we're too far gone. Now, that's not the case when it's been through the kiln, but that's different. That doesn't work with the analogy, so we'll just ignore that part. <laughs> Clay is forgiving. It's renewable. It can be born again. Here's the thing, when we fail to make mis or when we fail to um, when we make mistakes and when we sin, we can still be washed clean again. We're forgiven. Sometimes we can't keep going. You know, some people say that you can just because we're forgiven, you can just keep keep sinning. Like that that's not true. We can't just because we know that we're going to be forgiven doesn't mean that we can just go and sin. But sometimes we lose sight of God. We lose sight of who he is. And slowly, air gets pushed back in. But there's always a way to get it out. There's always a way. So with this recovery process, I want to remind you that we are not useless. We are not worthless. We aren't garbage. We don't need to just throw the clay out. It can be renewed. It can be recycled. It can be reborn. 
but rather we are still being molded and shaped. And even when we get a little hard, <laughs> we have the ability to be molded. It's not going to be perfect, but we're perfect in God's eyes. Our value comes from the cross. Remember that we are all image bearers of God. Even when we make mistakes, even when we feel broken, we're it's now like drippy clay. And it's just like the clay that's coming off of the pot. So, we're image bearers, every single one of us. No matter what, we're image bearers. And so, I hope the clay process brought a little bit of insight <laughs> to that um, verse in First Peter. I know that when I was thinking about this this morning, God really just felt put on my heart, just, just, just be you. And so I encourage you guys this morning to be you. Be image bearers. Remember that your value comes from the cross, not from anything you do, not from anything that you think about yourself. Because sometimes we think some pretty gross things about who we are. But remember that God made you. God shaped us. God is shaping us. We're still under the process. We have not gone into the kiln. <laughs> We're in the process. We can always be reshaped and remolded. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to move into communion. God, I just thank you that we can be continually molded, that we are not broken in your eyes. You've redeemed us. God, thank you. Sometimes we think that we're irredeemable, but you see others otherwise. So, Lord, I just pray that as we go through the process of our spiritual wedging and our spiritual centering and our spiritual opening, Lord, I, I just pray that you pull us. You bring us through. God, thank you that you use us. Fill us so that we aren't empty vessels, but that we're filled with you. And God, sometimes we think that we can just keep going and going without you, or we forget. So God, I just pray if this morning that somebody's forgetting about you, would you just nudge them? You say, hey, remember me? Maybe we need to take some time to become soft clay again. Lord, we, we love you and we thank you. It's crazy to us that if we were the only ones, you still would have died on the cross. And of course, we aren't the only ones, but we're here together. We're, we're in community. We're, we're working on this thing called life together. So God, I just thank you that there is community. And I pray that if we feel disconnected from community, would you just allow, bring forth the people that we need to, to be part of this community. So God, we just thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.